Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Saints of the Most High God, this morning, the title of my message, it's an eschatological, eschatology, right? Eschatolic, eschatological. It's like a tongue twister, right? Eschatology. Eschatological message. Eschatological. You see, I got to ask the man. Eschatological message. It's entitled, The Mystery of the Rapture. The Mystery of the Rapture. Brother Jamie read earlier this morning. From 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to ask you to go back to that book, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and uh, we're going to go this time to verse number 50, and we're going to read through to verse 58. Starting at verse number 50, and the word of the Lord says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh... (coughs) Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Glory to God. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. If this ain't highlighted in your Bible, I, I don't, man, I don't know what else I could tell you. It, your, your, your Bible should be yellow and bright right now. And the neighbor next to you should see your scripture all bright and yellow. I'm serious. That's the truth. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption. And this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is your sting oh Hades where is your victory listen the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast turn your neighbor say be steadfast be immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Glory to God. You may take your seats this morning. Hallelujah. We're going in. Praise God. Buckle your seat belts. Here we go. Glory to God. There are many mysteries in the New Testament. But the reality is some of these supposed mysteries to the world is not necessarily a mystery to the body of Christ. For example, sin is not mysterious. Jesus, the Bible says, came to die for us and take away the debt that we owe, the debt of sin. 
How about this? God's holiness is not any mystery to the people of God. We know he charges us to be like him. He says, be holy for I am holy. How about this? Our need for salvation it should not be a mystery, for we know, all of us know, without Christ, we are doomed. But in Christ, we have life, and that more abundantly. Not only that, our ticket is punched. We're ready to go. Hallelujah. You have a boarding pass. Jesus said in his word in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man comes to the father but through me c.s lewis said it best either jesus was a lunatic a liar or he was lord because everything he said unless he could back it up would make him a lunatic or it would make him a liar but he must be lord because no one else came out of the grave no one else ascended into heaven on the clouds no one else was able to do what he did in fact when he came and died and rose again time itself split in half a d b c right Every time you write a date on a checkbook or a date on a paper somewhere, you're proclaiming the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Acts 4.12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So when you hear Oprah Winfrey, that's right, I'm talking about Oprah Winfrey, praise God. Don't be manifesting on the pastor. Glory to God. But when Oprah Winfrey says, we're all children of God, that's a bold-faced lie. When Oprah Winfrey and others like her state that there are many paths to God, that's a lie. When Joel Osteen goes on TV and says, well, I believe Jesus is the only way, but I also believe there are many paths to Jesus. You understand? You see, God's love is no mystery either. John 3, 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's another point of God's love. Now hope does not disappoint, Romans 5, 5, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given unto us. But there are some things written in Scripture that are called mysteries. In Matthew 13, 11, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says that his parables, his stories, his parables are mysteries to the world. But to them, to his disciples, to his followers, he said, I have unlocked the mysteries of the kingdom unto you. God's will oftentimes can be looked upon as a mystery, especially for those that don't know him. But to his children, his mysteries have been made known. I said this yesterday at the men's breakfast. I'll say this again. Because oftentimes I get people saying, Pastor, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. First of all, there's no such thing as permissible will. That is a lie from the pit of hell. When people say, oh, right now I'm in the permissible will of God, what they're actually saying is, I'm currently living in disobedience. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking to I'm not, Are you hearing what I'm saying? When, when people say I'm in the permissible will of God, what they're actually saying is, I'm in disobedience. Because here's the real way of knowing the will of God. You do the next thing. In obedience that God tells you to do and you'll always be in the perfect will of God what happens is God will say something we don't want to do it and instead we camouflage it by saying I'm in the permissible will I haven't arrived yet I'm headed there I'm on my way I'm waiting on you I'm gonna wait on you Jesus sing the song I'm gonna wait on you Jesus right but God tells you go and speak to that person at the corner store go pick up the phone talk to your sister tell her Jesus loves her and you say nah. 
I don't know if I want to do that. I ain't trying to get into no arguments today. So I'll just, I'll do what? Lord Jesus, send somebody to my sister. I'm in the permissible will. Do you get it? You understand? Turn your neighbor and say, get it together. Hallelujah. Get it together. Praise God. Start obeying the Lord. Ephesians 1, 9 through 10, it says, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one. Say in one. Hallelujah. That means all of us. In one. All things in Christ both which are in heaven and on earth in him. Are you following this? This is some dynamite. This is dunamis word right here. This verse could not be a better segue to where we are headed this morning. God wants to bless those that are in earth and those that are on their way to heaven. Glory to God. Church, right now. We are in some crazy times on planet earth. I kid you not. We are not even in the last days. I would say we're in the last minutes, quite possibly the last seconds. We are so close. Jesus could come before the end of this message. There are numerous prophetic scriptures that point to the fact that we are currently living in the last days on earth. In scripture... There are approximately 10,385 verses pertaining to prophecy. Hmm, why should there be that much prophecy in the Word of God? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible itself is authenticated by prophecy. That is how you know the Bible is different than the Talmud, than the, than the, the Quran, than all these other religious books, uh, the scrolls and writings of different religions. What separates the word of God is the authenticity, the accuracy of prophecy. When people say, how do you know the Bible is the only way, the truth and the life and the honest book, the truth that we should follow? This is how the Bible is authenticated by prophecy. There are so many prophetic scriptures that have come to pass 100%. Did you hear what I'm saying? 100% accurate. Not 98, not 99, not by coincidence, but because it was foretold. It was written and it came to pass. All 10,000 verses of prophecy, many of them, 90% of them, were completed to the letter, 100%. Not one misstep, not one error, not one contradiction. It was completely 100% flawless. Some of them were written hundreds of years before completion, but 100% accurate. You can bet your life on the word of God. The word of God is the instruction manual, not only on earth, but for all of eternity in heaven, in glory. It is your GPS map for your whole entire physical life and spiritual life. Am I talking to somebody in this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let the spirit of slumber come upon you because then I have to start shouting and run around and look like a crazy man. Amen. The book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. These are parallel books in scripture which speak about the last days. It's a wonder if you read both of them and you start comparing the scriptures. They really are beautifully parallel together. The entire book or chapter of Matthew 24 speaks about the days that we're in right now which are the end times, the signs of the times as written in scripture. The disciples came to Jesus. He said, what shall be the signs of the day of your coming? And the Lord said, make sure you don't miss this. And he begins to speak of all the signs. Let me tell you a few things that are spoken of in that chapter. Uh, and it's 
going on today. I woke up Thursday morning, as many of you have, and I found out and heard on the news that Russia had attacked Ukraine. They're at war. I also heard that Chinese planes were flying in the air in allegiance with Russia. I also found out a day later that China is now gearing up right now to attack Taiwan. This is not surprising to me because what's happening is prophecy and scripture is only unfolding before our eyes as was told by the word of God. The Bible says that this alliance between Russia and China will be called Gog and Magog and they will come together and ultimately form such a strong alliance that one day they will actually try to fight against God. Matthew 24 verse 6 it says in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. You might say well pastor that's always been the case. Yeah I understand but the Bible continues and Jesus said there will also be famines on earth. There will be great pestilence. Mm -hmm. There will be earthquakes in various places do you know that now on planet earth there are more earthquakes all over the planet than there has ever been in the history of the world it's happening right now the reason why you don't hear about it much often is because it doesn't kill 10,000 or more people if a hundred people get killed it's not bloody enough to make the news because if it bleeds it leads so there has to be mass death People buried in the ground, hundreds, thousands. Then they'll make the newspaper. The Bible says that we will be hated by all nations. Do you know because of the pestilence, they shut down every single church in America for a couple of months. Some are still closed today. Do you know that the church has so significantly changed because of some fake coronavirus king self-proclaimed king that tried to march into our country around the time of the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ and now churches are are checking temperature bing bing oh you can come in bing a church that is checking temperature is cuz they they have no temperature you understand they got no temperature. You're still checking temperature? You got no temperature yourself. Get back into the oven. You ain't cooked. But churches are now making appointments. And we're separating ourselves. We got to socially distance. I know I'm offending some people right now. Where's Brother Larry? I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But I'm an honest tea type of guy. That's Larry's line. I took it. Larry Love. That's back in the 80s. You remember that song? Larry Love. Hallelujah. Some of us old time. You remember that one, right, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, dude. I just learned a lesson right now. Yo. It says you will be hated by all nations. You will be handed over and put to death. How about this? Jesus said in the last days many will be offended. Many will betray each other. A son will betray his father. A daughter will betray her mother. Hatred will be rampant on earth. If you look at Judge Judy or any of these daytime judge shows, all you see is parents and children in court. The Bible says lawlessness will abound. And here's what's even more scary. The love of many will wax cold. That means when the pastor might say something or do something that doesn't make you feel comfortable, 
you start not liking the pastor anymore. And you start not liking your leaders anymore. And next thing you know, say, I don't like that church. You know why? Because I ain't getting fed. Everybody else is eating the same food, but you ain't getting fed. People are thriving in ministry, but you ain't thriving in ministry. It's because you ain't getting fed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn your neighbor and say, don't take the bait. Don't eat it. Praise God. Don't take the bait. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, it says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. That means homosexuality, just in case you don't understand what that means. Lovers of money. Forget family. Make the paper. Get the paper. Money, money, money. There will be boasters, proud. There will be blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of the good. There will be traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Listen to this. Having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away for these are the sort are those that creep into the households and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sins led away by various lust always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth does this sound like i'm talking about right now where we are there are many false prophets especially on tv preaching into the living rooms of many i have to say because all right i got to keep it real right gullible women you don't believe me. There are false prophets. The Oprah Winfrey Show. The View. Ellen DeGeneres. Wendy Williams. The Real. The Talk. How about this? RuPaul. All of these sick, twisted, perverted views are preached into the living rooms of so many gullible men and women today. And not only that, it transforms them. It changes them. They become fans and they begin to defend the false teachers. And they begin to imitate and live in the teachings that are preached in their household and then they start rebelling against parents against children against their bosses against everybody and now they don't want to be called by their name they want to be called by a pronoun my name is it my name is they my name is us My name is Tulip. Tomorrow, my name is Banana. Tomorrow, my name is Stone. Tree. Bird. Cat. Dolphin Man. I'm trying to learn that. My son got that down, though. I'm Dolphin Boy. And if you don't call me by my pronoun, then the job where I'm working now gets sued and put in prison or has to pay a fine of $250,000. What has happened to the world that we're living in? 
And it seems to be getting worse and worse every day. The Bible says in Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. But I have good news for you today, saints of God. This prophetic chapter in Matthew also offers us a great, wonderful hope. Glory to God. Listen to what the word says in Matthew 24, 33 through 34. It says, so also when you see all of these things, know that it is near. Even at the door. Hallelujah. Listen, and this is going to make you want to run around the room. I'm trying to hold myself back, praise God. I know it won't look pretty because I can't even run. My, my fastest run is like a race walk. You know the Olympics? It would look pretty bad. But in my spirit, just when I say this, I'm going to run around the whole room in the spirit. Amen? Praise God. Listen. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all of these things take place. Hallelujah. There I went. There I am. I'm running. And I'm back. Hallelujah. That was fast. Look. Why is this important, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because when it says, when Jesus said these words, this generation shall not pass. Guess who that generation is that he's talking about. You, 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 you and me. We are this generation. I'm going to prove it to you. Turn your neighbor and say, he's about to prove it. He's going there. Hallelujah. I'm going to prove it to you right now. In terms of biblical prophecy, we always have to begin with Israel. Israel became a nation in one single day, which was a prophecy that was written by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 66, 8. It says, can a nation be born in one day? Yes! There's no other nation on planet earth in the history of the entire world. No other nation has ever been born in a day. But Israel, they were born as a nation on May 14th, 1948. This is good news, saints of God. I'm going to tell you another wonderful thing. They, when they became a nation, they did not occupy Jerusalem. Their enemies were there in Jerusalem. But years later, June 1967, they entered, and it's in the history books. There was a six-day war where Israel, baby nation Israel, with a little tiny army. They didn't have much planes. They didn't have tanks. But they had something that nobody else had. They had Yahweh. 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 Glory to God. They were vastly outnumbered. And in six days, they smoked the enemy. And they took possession of Jerusalem. This is so important because the, Jerusalem is a key point in biblical prophecy. So let me just state this fact. Those that were born in 1948 would be 74 years old right now. Those that were born in 1967, like me, would be 54 years old right now now think about it and i'm not being disrespectful i'm just stating the obvious stating a fact for those that were born in 1948 if they are super healthy and still alive there's some in this room right now 
then they are living well into their advanced years. But the reality is the average lifespan on planet Earth for every human being is between 70 to 80 years old. So those that are alive right now, how much actual time do you think is left? And I'm, being I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just stating an obvious fact. I'm, I'm, I'm being very, very respectful of everyone. I pray to God that I get there. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, this generation that sees Israel become a nation in one day, that generation shall not pass. Hallelujah. Now, I'd rather listen to the word of the Lord and follow that than to listen to all the people say, where's the promise of your coming? Where's the promise? I've been hearing that for years. I've been here. Keep speaking. You're part of the prophecy. The Bible says no one knows. Jesus said no one knows the day nor the hour. Not even the angels of heaven. But you will know when the end is near. Even at the door. Saints of God, we're at the door. It looks terrible right now. But rejoice. Hallelujah. Pastor just went and ran again. Look at him. He's over there. Shh, shh, and I'm back. Rejoice. Look up. Hallelujah. The sky is going to crack any moment. Look up. Your redemption draweth near. You know what's awesome? The Bible says not all Christians will die. Woo! Hallelujah. Verse 51. We just read it together. It says we shall not all sleep. The Bible, when you hear the word sleep, it refers to physical death. And then 1 Thessalonians 4.13, it says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. When the Bible talks about sleep or being asleep, even when we take communion, it says, for this reason, many drink and eat judgment and that's why they're asleep that means death physical death but the bible says we shall not all sleep i could tell you this and it's not a contradiction just stay with me every man and every woman currently has an appointment with death 100 percent one out of every one dies the bible says in hebrew 9 27 and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after that, the judgment. Those that are born twice will die once, but those that are born once will die twice. Hallelujah. Great praise God. Let me give you an illustration. There was a Sunday school teacher that asked the kids in her class, if I sold my house and my car and I had a big garage sale and I gave all the money to the church, would I go to heaven? The kids said, no. And then the teacher said, what if I cleaned the church every day, mowed the lawn and kept everything neat and tidy? Would I then be able to go to heaven? And the answer came back again, no. So the teacher said, well then, how else can I get to heaven? And a little five-year-old kid in the back of the room shouts out, teacher, you got to be dead. <laughs> That's a fact. Everyone wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die to get there. But that's the only way to get there. Hallelujah. Mankind has a battle with death. Now there have been advances made in modern medicine. And that's true. But guess what? You're never going to see the cure anymore. Because once they cured polio, the big pharma companies learned something. There ain't no money in a cure. 
Witchcraft. That's exactly right. Pharmakia is another word for sorcery and witchcraft. Millions of dollars are spent on research every single year. And they tell you it's to find the cure. I haven't seen no cures since the 50s around there when polio was dealt with. Regardless, the death rate remains the same. One death, one birth. For every death, there's a little baby in the hospital. I need a wambalance. Psalm 90 verse 10. The days of our lives, this is the word of the Lord, the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. You know what that means? Those that are blessed and fortunate and favored of God to live past their 80s, yes, it's a wonderful thing to be alive, but there's also great sorrow attached to it. Do you know why there's great sorrow? Because while they're living, they're seeing all their friends, their relatives, people that they love dying early. And many of their relationships are cut short according to their own lifespan. And they're now filled with sorrow and grief because while they're alive, they're seeing everyone else perish. The Bible says, though, that at Christ's return... The believers, hallelujah, will not all die. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Glory to God. The word, many of you know this, especially those that come on Wednesday nights. Praise God. We talk about this all the time. The word, the Greek word is harpazo. The word caught up means harpazo. That means to be transformed, to be changed, to be caught up, to be pulled up, to be yanked up. That means God has got like a little rope tied up to your spirit. And when the sound of the trumpet happens, you get yanked. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, you get harpazoed. That word translated is rapturo, where we get the word rapture. Because many people say, the word rapture is not in scripture. Duh. But it's translated. And that's where we get the word. The same way as the Trinity is not in the scripture. The same way the word Bible is not in scripture. But we will be caught up. We shall avoid physical death. Let me give you another illustration. There's a father and a son driving in a car. And inside the car, a bee flew in. And the little boy began to freak out. Ah! Ah! He screamed in panic because of this angry little bee buzzing around in the car. And his father opened up his hand and stretched it out and somehow managed to catch the bee in his hand. And then he opened his hand and he let go of the bee. And the bee began to fly around and the boy continued to scream. The key kept buzzing along. The father looked at his son and said, son, do not be afraid. You don't have to scream anymore. And he held out his hand and showed the son the stinger of the bee in his hand. He said, son, the only thing that bee can do now is buzz around and make noise because the sting is in my hand. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ took the stinger away from death. Hallelujah. All death can do now is buzz around and make some noise hallelujah but death has lost its sting on me i will live forever and ever and ever glory to god 
and for those that have gone on before me. We're going to meet again in glory. That is the blessed promise, the hope of glory that I have. I'll see everybody again. Oh, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. I can't wait to taste Brother Ricardo's uh, 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 seafood uh, clam casino. I know my mom's cooking up some ajocangandules right now. I'm serious. And there will be no calories to worry about. Glory to God. You don't have to put no carrots and celery on my plate. Give it to me. Good. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wonder if they got chitlins in heaven. Praise God. Some mondongo. Praise God. Deliver, deliver me from pig's feet. All right, let me get back. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm back, I'm back. Praise God. All Christians that have died before us and those of us who are alive shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We shall be changed Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. When we are changed, we're going to be changed for a wonderful trip into heaven and into glory. Verse 52 says, both the dead and the living shall be changed by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We will be changed and we will be like Jesus, hallelujah. First John 3, 2, beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Glory to God. I got to say this, it's a fact of scripture and oftentimes it is overlooked we will not be changed to look like a ghost. You will not be changed and have angel wings. You will not have wings. When God changes you, he doesn't make you an angel. That is a misconception. It is not found in scripture. If that was the case, there would be redeemed angels in heaven. But angels are created beings by God. And when the redeemed perish here, they are coming alive in the resurrection. And we shall have a glorified body like Jesus Christ had when he was resurrected. You know why this is a fact? Because not everybody that dies goes to heaven. We all have been given or will be given glorified bodies. The resurrection itself was a foreshadowing of what is to come in the millennial reign of Christ. This is what it's going to look like in the millennial reign. You see, Jesus walked among flesh as a glorified body. Remember, he told Mary, don't touch me yet for I have not yet ascended, right? And, and the road to Aramaeus, uh, Emmaus, Luke 24, you know, you see Jesus appearing and disappearing, going through walls. You know, he even changes his image. They didn't recognize him at first. There's going to be spectacular things that you will be able to do. You will be able to come and to go with just the thought you will be able to appear, disappear, go through walls. Look at it for yourself, Luke 24. Your body will be adapted to live in the spiritual world environment and in the physical, natural world environment. How about this? All mysteries will be solved. Glory to God. All your questions will be answered. 
you want to know what a Tyrannosaurus Rex looks like, you'll be able to talk to it. No more corruption. No more decay. No more decomposition. No more morality. In an instant, we shall be changed. Glorified. How about this? Invincibility. That's the, the kids could relate to that. When you have a video game and you get the power pellet and you eat the power pellet and you become invincible for like 20 seconds and you start smoking everybody. Pew, 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 and nobody could touch you because there's a force field around you. Kill all the aliens. <laughs> Corruption must put on incorruption. Mortality must put on immortality. Every tear will be wiped away. The Bible says, when we all get to heaven, glory to God like the song. What a day of rejoicing that's going to be. When we all see Jesus, we're going to shout. We're going to sing for victory. Glory to God. Death, where is your sting? So then how should we live in this crazy day and time that we're living in the bible gives us instruction we should be diligent we should view these incredible days and blessings that are awaiting us don't be afraid of the gas prices going up don't be afraid of empty shelves in the supermarket look up and say glory to god my redeemer's coming for me glory to jesus the dead in christ shall be raised living believers shall be caught up and taken away death will have no more victory no more uh, 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 anything over us our potent enemy is completely defeated and our victory comes through jesus christ be steadfast be immovable be a good soldier of jesus christ this is not the time for fear this is the time to stand hallelujah this is the time to stand with the weapon, with the word of God and stand and look at your enemy. Say, I dare you come next to me. I dare you. I'll take you out. I'll wipe you out. Right? Because Jesus fought with the word. He said, it is written. Get into the word. Second Chronicles 20 verses 17. It says, position yourselves stand still and see the salvation of the lord saints of god you are on the winning side this year hallelujah but the reality is you must be in this time despite everything going on abound in the work of the lord your hands have to be busy with your hands on the plow. Luke 9, 62. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We sang, I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. Right? You know why? Remember Lot's wife? When Lot turned back, Luke 17, 32, there's only three words in that verse remember lot's wife these are jesus's words telling us to remember when you look back at what god has delivered you from when you look back at how god is taking care of your enemies there's something that tries to enter your heart a little bit of gloating a little bit of pride yeah check my god out my god did that to you because you weren't doing your you know there's a little bit of pride that comes and all of a sudden psh, turn into a pillar of salt There's a picture, you can't hardly see it, but go on Google. They believe that that literally is Lot's wife. It looks like a woman in a salt pillar. And in that area, they believe that's where Sodom and Gomorrah was. And there's all kinds of sulfur and stone and everything that has come from meteorites and all that in that area. Is that her? I don't know. I know one thing. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. <laughs> I got the message, Lord. I hear you. Through your through. <laughs> or 
Think of the rich fool. Luke 12. Jesus called this man the great fool. This is the guy who stored up treasure for himself. He had all his cars. He had his boat. He had his Rolls Royce. He had his Lamborghini. He had his Ferrari. He had his Mercedes, the BMW. He had a whole string of cars. Maybe a 10-car garage. Who knows what he had? He had an Xbox, PlayStation, Sega Genesis. Do they even have Sega Genesis anymore? Nintendo 64, that's nothing, right? Praise God. Amen. He had a cell phone, a laptop. He had everything a man could want. And he stands on his terrace and says, look at all that I have amassed. Look at all my toys. He was like Michael Jackson. Look at all my toys. And Jesus said, you great fool. For this very night, your soul will be required of thee. Jesus said, Revelations 22, behold, I am coming. I am coming. Three times in that chapter. It's a trisagian statement. A high degree of importance. Jesus said, I am coming. I am coming. I am coming. And he wasn't using a Greek word. No, I'm saying. He wasn't saying, no, I'm 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 saying. He said, behold, I am coming and my reward is with me. Woo, hallelujah. Keep watch. For there's a time coming when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure the afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Keep watch. Stay ready. While you wait, go and win souls. How about this? Go and discover your purpose. Do not become wasted talent. Do not become damaged goods. How about this? Do not become unusable. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall the end, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And just like the waters took Noah away safely on the ark, but it drowned everybody else, so again it shall be in the coming of Christ, when his coming shall catch everybody by surprise like a thief in the night. So far this week, several of my brothers and sisters, young and old alike, we've all had dreams. God is warning the church. Do you think God is trying to get our attention? How about you? Are you rapture ready? Are you vigilant? Are you sober? What are you putting in your body? Are you watchful? The Bible, we reread it today. It says, flesh cannot inherit spirit, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. If the trumpet should sound right now, are you prepared to be harpazoed? Are you prepared to check out? If not, saints of God, choose you this day. Whom you will serve. It's not, there's not much time left. It's time to get serious. Let your love walk. Love others. How about this? Start forgiving everybody. Forgive everybody. Don't get left because you're unwilling to forgive the people who have hurt you. 
The rapture of the church, it should not produce a fear in us that we're going to get left behind or something, but it should produce excitement. It is the very hope of glory. It's all, it's what we're all waiting for. Jesus is coming back. We're going to meet him face to face. And so we shall be with the Lord forever and ever. It's a great time to be alive. Glory to God. The prophetic calendar is very clear. The sound of the trumpet is going to blast and then we will be gone i've been saying this for months and let me tell you god forbid today you harden your heart as in the day of the rebellion and you say you know what there's still time uh maybe later i'll get around to it no i'm not going to throw it this time hallelujah if you need around to it i got you Get around to it. Amen. But let me tell you, make a decision now and start serving the Lord. There's not much time left. This is the greatest time in history, but it's also going to be a great time of horror. And I have to talk about this in speaking of the prophetic calendar. Once the church is gone, those who are left here are going to undergo the most incredible time of horror and torment that the world has ever known. The Bible says this is going to be called the tribulation and the great tribulation. Seven years of God's wrath poured out on mankind. 42 months, which is three and a half years, is going to be known as the tribulation time. That's when the third temple is going to be constructed. That's when the Antichrist comes on the scene and starts having all the answers for why millions of people just disappeared. And he's going to have great wisdom, great brilliance. And he's going to manage to put himself in a position of power and authority. And there will be a false trinity, the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. They're trying to be like God. And he will have a mortal wound. And then he'll come back from the dead. And everyone will put their eyes on him. He will deceive the whole world. And then the second part of that tribulation is what the Bible refers to as the great tribulation. This is where there are 21 judgments. That means comets the size of, of, of skyscrapers coming out of heaven and landing on earth all over the earth and the third of the world will die. There will be famines. There will be pestilence. There will be great calamity on the earth. 21 judgments there would be seven seals there would be seven bowls and seven trumpets. It's all in the book of Revelation. Let me go a little further. As I said earlier, Daniel and Revelations parallel each other. The book of Daniel talks about seven or 70 weeks. And there's also 490 years. And so the way this is all split up is the first 49 years represents the seven weeks. The next 62 weeks is represented as 434 years. If you add that number together, you get... 483 weeks and then there was a pause of verse 926 of the book of Daniel it is the pause of the church age this is where revelations 1 through 3 talks about the seven churches of Asia we are currently now in the church age why is this important because Jesus fulfilled his promise to Abraham that Abraham would be the father of many nations and that means Jew and Gentile that means you and me we're engrafted into the Abrahamic covenant so God loves you so much he took a pause for the cause for that the Gentile people can now come to Christ and fulfill their destiny and then at the rapture of the church that is where the final week, the final seven years takes place on planet earth. And that is known as the great tribulation time. You do not want to be here in that time. But I'm telling you the truth. We are now in the age of the lukewarm church, which is prophesied in Revelations 3, the church of Laodicea. Many pastors are afraid to touch on the subject of sin and holiness and repentance. They're afraid of losing members. They're accused of being legalistic and religious. And let me tell you something. I'm going to say it because I ain't scared. The very people 
that are accusing the pastors of being legalistic and religious are are probably and currently attending churches that are themselves lukewarm churches that allows homosexuals and lesbians to kiss each other in the cafeteria of the church without batting a eyelash. And let me just, let me be an equal opportunity offender. Let me offend everybody. Amen. If you're a heterosexual, heterosexual, and you're in church and you're tonguing down your wife or your partner and you're groping each other. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you too. Respect the house of God. Go take that business home. Amen. Ain't nobody got time for that. When you come to the house of God, it's to worship the Lord. The beauty of his holiness. Worship him with your brother and sister. Yes, your wife is a gift from God. Yes, your husband is a gift from God. But go celebrate that gift at home. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen. We got to have respect and order and decency in the house of God. Once the rapture takes place, the wrath of God will be poured out on mankind. But the beauty is you and I won't be here to see it. The Bible says in Revelations 3.10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Remember earlier I talked about the scoffers. The scoffers. They will be here. They're here now. And many of them are saying, they will come in the last days, walk according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. I say to you, scoff on, scoffers. Praise God. You're fulfilling prophecy. Even still, the love of God is in, is in full view. He says in, in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness. But he is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I close with this. Sister Donna, you can come up. Did you know that America does not exist in biblical prophecy? America is no longer a superpower in biblical prophecy. America is erased. I believe one of the reasons why America will not be found in prophetic prophecy is one simple reason. is because they turned their back on Israel. And we're going to be doomed as a nation. And we're already headed there. Church, the rapture is about to take place. Jesus said it. Your pastor has said it. We've been pounding the drumbeat. We've been blowing the alarm for years. But it's now at hand. The rapture is about to come. And it will be too late afterwards to go ahead and try to save your life at that point. People say, well, if I'm left behind, I'll just let the, the devil, I'll let the Antichrist decapitate me because that's in the word too and if I let them chop my head off I'll be saved well let me ask you a question if you're afraid to call on the name of Jesus now while the spirit of God is wooing you and drawing you in now if you are, if you can't live for God now what makes you think you're gonna have this Hulk kind of strength to then live for Jesus when the whole world is given over to the wickedness of their heart Get right with God now. After the seven years, then comes the second coming. The rapture and the second coming are two different events. Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, he's not coming as the little lamb of God. The little lamb, weak little lamb that many people think it is. He's coming back as the lion, as the warrior, as the Lord of war, as the lion of Judah. And he's going to smoke and smite the enemy. Glory to God. We sang earlier, behold he comes riding on the clouds. Guess what? You know who's going to be in the clouds with him? 
the saints of glory, the redeemed. That means you and me. We're going to be clothed in white robes, robes of righteousness. And we're going to be on white horses. And Jesus is going to have your crown and my crown and everybody's crown all on top of his head. And he will not lose one. Revelations 19. Listen. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges. That means he ain't playing no games. He ain't taking no prisoners. He judges and makes war. His eyes are like flames of fire, and on his head are many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine white linen. Do you know that angels are not clothed in fine white linen? White and clean followed him on white horses. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. Gog and Magog, you got nothing on my Jesus. Putin, you going down. Ooh, you in trouble. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And on his robe and on his thigh, a name is written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeshua, he came as the lamb, but he's coming as the lion. Saints of God, keep watch. Stay vigilant. Your labor is not in vain. Soon and very soon, we're going to dance on the streets that are golden. Hallelujah. Your hope approaches. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We will dance on the streets that are golden. The we are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.